Hello listeners and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing energy matters in an informal setting. This week, the discussion returns to France. The country's nuclear fleet has been beset with problems over the past six months, with corrosion issues and cooling water problems hampering electricity output, and for many, a major contributory factor of soaring wholesale energy prices. The baseload front quarter contract climbed to almost €1,300 per megawatt hour amongst fears that French reactors would be unable to meet demand in the final three months of the year. Prices have since slipped to €900 a megawatt hour, a level that would have been unthinkable early in the year. Helping me, Richard Sverson, to discuss the outlook for French nuclear availability over the coming months and much, much more is Chris Eels, editor of France at Montel. A warm welcome to you, Chris. Hello. Emmerich de Vigan of Kepler. Uh, welcome back, Emmerich. Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. And Yves Letes of Compass Lexicon. A uh, uh, warm welcome to you as well, Yves. I know it's your, your first time on the pod. Yep. Thanks for the invitation and uh, good morning to everyone. Um, I, I'd like to start off by asking you, Chris, what's you know the background of French nuclear availability or so far this year? Um, how would you sum up the last sort of, six months? <laughs> well, um... You, you could say that it's been a, um, it, yeah, it's a crisis situation that emerged. Uh, it's been a roller coaster ride. Um, all these um, all these would be true, I think. Um, the last six months, in terms of nuclear availability, has been dominated by the incidents of corrosion that emerged in the autumn of 2021 at the Civil One uh, nuclear reactor where EDF found hairline cracks on a, um, a vital safety circuit. Um, that led um, to more inspections, um, which um, meant they found problems elsewhere. Um, thanks, I can say, to um, France, uh, the French Montel's reporting team, uh, we were able to expose uh, corrosion on, on many more reactors thanks to certain sources in plants um, and it's now um, known that the problem is widespread. Um, although EDF is uh, saying of course that they believe the uh, more recent reactors are more likely to be affected by this corrosion outbreak. The corrosion outbreaks have huge impact on availability because they have had to stop reactors to check um, these parts. And in order to do that, they, at times they have to actually go into the reactors, cut pipes out, and um, then check them and then put the pipes back. Um, and if they find problems, then they've got to repair them. And that's a very, very tricky job. You're in a, in a part of the reactor where you have radioactivity. So uh, that's difficult for workers. What, what's, the, what's the current availability in France then, Chris? How many reactors are offline? Well, there are, there are currently, according to my calculations this morning, there are 20, 29 out of 56 reactors offline at the moment. So that's, you know, over half the fleet. Um, a very uh, difficult situation for EDF because, um, according to Jean-Bernard Levy yesterday, um, on Wednesday, he said that 15 of these reactors uh, are out due to corrosion probes or corrosion uh, repairs. 
I just want to say before, the, the, the other thing I wanted to say, which I didn't say about the, the last six months, is that, you can, okay, it's a crisis, but you could say there's a crisis every autumn in France with reactors. We had, uh, if you go way back to, to September 26, uh, 2016, we had uh, steam genera generator issues with cut, which meant they had to stop reactors. In 2017, we had earthquake issues, blocked control rods in 2018, which also led to uh, EDF having to stop reactors uh, for unplanned outages. You can argue that uh, this this isn't a, this isn't a new okay the, the reason for the crisis is new the reason for the problems with the, this year's problems with availability are new but not we seem to see it almost every September there's an underlying problem here absolutely Emmerich but if I can turn to you now what are you confident that these corrosion issues can be fixed and and quickly before the onset of winter I know you're not a I, I know you're not a nuclear physician but uh... exactly and uh, uh, and uh, that's that's very important to uh, to mention uh, I cannot be confident for various reasons um, the first one is that we in this world where there's a lot of different numbers communicated by um, the different stakeholders um, we have EDF saying they are very confident in their ability to return the nukes uh, before the winter. Uh, in the meantime, we have the government saying they're also confident in returning the nukes. And uh, uh, that leads to the famous Remit publication that is showing uh, actually what would be a fantastic availability for the end of Q4 and the beginning of Q1. In the meantime, we have the corporate uh, generation target from EDF that stands at 280 towers. That is far from uh, what the, the remit number are showing. And, and if you believe in this number, which, let's be honest, has been the most reliable in the past, uh, you think it's quite unlikely that we see the units uh, returning to the grid uh, at some point in Q4 and Q1, or at least not all the, the units will come back. And yesterday we had this press conference from RTE where uh, they showed their different scenarios uh, regarding the nuclear availability for the winter. And their, 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 their base case scenario stands at 45 gigawatts for Jan and February, which is somewhat 10 gigawatts lower than uh, EDF uh, remit scenario, if you, can, uh, uh, if you can put it that way. Yep. I think for those, for those listeners who are unaware of these, this, 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 this remit messages, this is where uh, EDF and all producers and consumers of energy have to post information about outages or stoppages that affect um, energy infrastructure. So um, absolutely. Thanks, Amory. But Eve, if I can turn to you, what do you make of these numbers? There's something that doesn't quite add up. What's your view? So, so between the, uh, the remit figures and the uh, RT conservative uh, well, conservative TSO perspective of the restart of the nuclear plant. Yeah, and and also the output target that EDF has announced for the year, of, or as Emmerich mentioned, to the two hundred and eighty terawatt hours. So, well, I think what I, I wanted to say first on on the energy crisis was that it's effectively a, a, an energy crisis for 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 the for the French uh, electricity system, but interestingly as well, showing some good um, uh, crisis management from the different stakeholders in the sense that they they tried to front load as much as possible the different maintenance events 
of, on the other nuclear uh, units that were not directly impacted by the different issues that they found uh, last year around. So they are trying to optimize as much as possible the calendar of the maintenance, either for end of 2022 and as well for next year, like new maintenance phases on, on the on the futures or next round of uh, a visit decennale and next round of maintenance events as well for the for the plants that would be unavailable uh, from Feb, March, and and so on in 2023. Um, so it's a crisis, but they are they are they are in any well, uh, I would say t- trying to do as best as as best as they can to optimize the nuclear availability of the winter. Now, as Emmerich said, effectively there is quite a bit of discrepancy between the remit. Um, say 55 or something like that gigawatt of, of availability by end of December and um, RT central scenario. Uh, now, what is interesting to, to understand is that in the RT central scenario, they took a lot of uh, conservative uh, assumptions on the restart dates of the different nuclear units, uh, depending on whether they are in long-term maintenance or short-term maintenance or refueling or impacted by the, the, the corrosion. Um, Assumptions, conservative assumptions reflecting what has historically happened between the the published date of restart after a maintenance and the actual restart of the nuclear plants. And simply because the TSO has to have a conservative and pragmatic uh, view on the on the uh, availability to assess the adequacy of the system in a average or average uh, in, in a realistic scenario. Um, so uh, I would say that the, the the TSO view from RT is effectively the I would say the kind of a P P50 estimate considering the likelihood or, or the or the uh, kind of the stati- statistical approach that the RT uses to assess the availability of nuclear, whereas the EDF view from the operator perspective effectively is well trying to do as best as they can to 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 increase and optimize the maintenance of the of the nuclear fleet. Knowing that one of the issues for EDF is not necessarily only uh, uh, centralized on on EDF um, uh, capacities, but it's linked as well to the subcontractor availabilities uh, to be able to uh, to 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 run all of the maintenance and all of the uh, necessary work for the for the plants to be operational. Yeah, as as you, as you rightly mentioned, RTE, the TSO, it's their duty to maintain security of supply and to keep the lights on. EDF is doing its best under extremely difficult situations. And ha- ha- but how do you explain these figures? The the gap between estimated nuclear output uh, and and what they what they expect. There's it's such a huge gap. So how how do you explain that? Well, two I think two things. One is uh, in the remit figures you don't take into account the fuel optimization that uh, uh, EDF is 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 putting in place to optimize the availability by the end of the of the or midwinter i would say so trying to save as much fuel as possible to use it uh, during the winter and and the second thing as well is all of the forced outage which we know for instance um, i don't remember how many are how many units are in forced outage but you always have a couple of units which are in outage because of uh, because of some uh, unforeseen events as well. What's what's your response, Emmerich? Do you agree with that? Uh, so one one thing is um, is also the ancillary services. You know the the, the nuclear units they do contribute to uh, the grid stability by providing reserves. So you never see a unit running at hundred percent of his uh, 
uh, nominal capacity, which which explains some of the difference. Uh, now, what's clear that the the the, the difference for this coming winter and well, yeah, for this coming winter it, it, it is incredibly big, much bigger than it used to be, and and that's why uh, the, the the market players or or anyone looking at the number is not really comfortable. Uh, it, it doesn't seem reasonable. I mean, I, I fully understand the, uh, the way they build the remit and the, the way that yes, they can't take uh, make assumptions on the, the the forced outages. They can't make assumptions on the on on, on the um, the way they they will ram down units at weekends to um, save fuel. But still, I mean, this year it's way too big. Uh, we we and by that I mean the 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 market players, people looking at the number, uh, have always been used to a difference, but this year it's incredibly big. And if I can add, uh, add one, one last thing also that if you look at the remit number, so EDF is announcing that it will return something like 30 units to the grid within a few weeks or months. It would be an absolutely extraordinary performance from them. And I'm surprised that they still said they're confident in doing that without communicating what they've put in place in order to be uh, able to achieve such an incredible performance. The EDF CEO, Jean Bernard Levy, said on Wednesday that he expected nuclear capacity to double to 50 gigawatts by January, much higher than the central estimate by RT, as we said earlier. So, and as well as the restart of 32 reactors. This was also broadcast, uh, if you like, by the French energy minister. What can be the impact of comments like that? Are they, are they misleading or are they meaningless? Um, they're picked up across Europe, being reported in Sweden, in Germany. The minister seems to be saying, yes, we're going to restart these reactors. But we seem to also understand the true nature of the figures and planning. It, it doesn't seem feasible, does it? Yeah, well, the, the, the politics have to, have to communicate on that. Um... Uh, on that, simply because that that's effectively uh, structural for the for the French electricity system for next winter. Um, now it's it's kind of a, a political communication as well. So saying that all of the reactors you need to restart, not necessarily they don't mention the end of the year. They mention the end of the winter. So you 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 see that they are maintaining some sort of of uh, of blur around the the exact target in the sense that. They can only rely, in any case, on what EDF is 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 saying in the in the remit uh, uh, process. Now that that kind of communication totally um, uh, 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 avoids uh, uh, addressing, say, the fundamental issue that EDF is facing. So it's not only the restart of the 30 uh, each gig uh, units which are currently unavailable, but it's it's uh, optimizing the, the the maintenance start of the next uh, set of units in Feb or March or, or April, and that's really working with the different subcontractors as well to make sure that the, the plan of restarting the units is is feasible and will not uh, hit too too many uh, operational hurdles um, uh, by the by the end of 2022. And maybe one one last thing as well that I, I wanted to mention on the on the discrepancy between the volumes the energy produced. And the availability in terms of capacities is that something that we kind of are, are pu putting aside somehow is the increasing penetration of, of renewable in the system as well, which 
over time, and that's what we've seen in the previous years, uh, would basically uh, reduce the nuclear uh, generation when there is an excess of uh, wind, so mainly wind generation, I would say, during winter, more solar generation in, in summer, that would uh, push down down the, the, the generation figures uh, of the of the nuclear, uh, nuclear fleet as well. So explaining the growing discrepancy that we see as well. So it's one of the drivers, not not the only one, but explaining the, the growing uh, difference that we could see between the target of, of uh, generation and the availability, assuming that when available, you would produce at maximum. Hmm. I mean, I think, you know, it's quite clear, as, as Chris mentioned, that it's become a very political issue. It's the first time I've I've heard of politicians, national politicians, talking uh, really, what is our bread and butter? The, the remit messages and bringing them to the fore, and 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 it's clear that you know the, the German economy minister Robert Harbeck, he he said France has promised us fifty gigawatts by the by the start of January. I mean, these are these are clear uh, statements from from very high up politicians. Now, what's the view of the regulator or the, uh, the the supervisory authority? Do we have any any idea of what what they think here, Emmerich? Uh, not on this, uh, not on this topic. They've been uh, they've been really quiet. Um, if if anything, we know they uh, understand why the, the the remit numbers are always overestimated for all the reasons we 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 mentioned. But they, beyond that, we haven't had any any communication uh, from, from from their side. But it's a very important point. I mean, again, we we're in a situation where we have an industrial crisis. We're running at 55 gigawatts, which is incredibly low. We're in a world where, for the last uh, five years, because you were you're very right in mentioning we have had crisis since 2016-17. Uh, we've been told that the situation would improve in the next 18 months. So far, it hasn't really improved. Uh, so we're all very concerned or careful about uh, the, the the potential outlook. So that's one thing. But on the other hand, we I've, and I'm not afraid of the world, we, we, we're facing a communication crisis. Um, because yes, it's political. Um, yes, uh, CEOs, ministries can make statements, but then you have the real world where there's a market with rules where you know uh, consumers have to go and buy their electricity for next year. And at the moment, they are flying completely blind. They have no idea about uh, uh, what, what, what could happen. We, 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 let's be honest, we, uh, and, and I think RT CEO yesterday was very, very right in saying that, even if it's not fitting his remit, I'd say. Um, the prices we're seeing at the moment for the winter don't make sense if we're really confident that we'll have 50 gigawatts of, uh, of nuclear availability in December and Q1 next year. Chris, I mean, you, your, your team has written about you know, some analyst expectations, for example, from Energy Quantified. What, what's their view, Chris? Well, I mean, their view is quite simply, uh, it's, it, 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 it's on the basis of, I don't know, 16, 17 years of experience um, that EQ has been looking at the market and looking at remit figures. And they say, well, you know, if you believe, if you believe remit figures, then uh, you're not going to get anywhere. They're predicting, I think, a 10 gigawatt difference in Q4 between EDF's remit estimates and their own. And that's based on an analysis of um, nuclear out the nuclear output target and basically saying, well, look, we've got this nuclear output target. We take the, the average between the 280 and the 300. 
and let's see how that works out in actual practice. What would be uh, the likely nuclear output uh, in these months, the nuclear capacity in these months? So you 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 you, they, you end up with a figure which is about roughly 10 gigawatts uh, less because they believe that um, EDF will have to reduce their output to meet uh, uh, their capacity to meet these output targets. So yeah, it's uh, um, um, and, and it, it, it's a constant, you know, this 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 overestimation. Sure, we we um. So this is that would be like between forty and forty-five gigawatts, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, but this week RT also, you know, had some other scenarios here. I mean, uh, you know, and and I think stressed very clearly the need to reduce demand. Uh, Eve, um, is there, you know, is there a chance that um, I'll, I'll start again. Um. Is there, you know, what did it, sorry, can, can France reduce demand to avoid rolling blackouts and cuts to industry? Eve? Well, that, that's a really good question. And that kind of uh, uh, touch on the specificity of the French market compared to the neighboring countries. So the, the French electricity market is the most thermosensitive. So the, 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 the one that would react the most to a temperature decrease in winter. Um, I don't have the exact figure in in in, in, in mind, but it's a decrease of one one degree is an equivalent increase of two point something gigawatt, two point seven gigawatt of of electricity consumption. So obviously, really thermosensitive uh, sensitive, and so that's the, the 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 market that shows the most difference between the summer average consumption and the winter. Uh, uh, maximum consumption or average consumption, obviously much higher in a, in case of a, of a cold spell. So we know we know what why the French uh, power demand increases so much in, in in winter. So all of the possible um, 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 uh, energy savings actions on on reducing the uh, the temperature, um, uh, temperature in in a household or, or uh, public administrations or or services or, or, or small industries would definitely have an impact on the on the on the uh, on the demand. So, I think the different uh, actors and stakeholders in responsibility knows exactly what needs to be targeted to reduce the demand. Um, and if necessary, so RT has already put in place the uh, the uh, eco um, um, eco um, eco watch uh, signal, um, which would kind of work in the same way as uh, the type of communication for uh, 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 high traffic uh, weekends, for instance, so with different uh, colors depending on the on the situation of the system, and so. We would need a to rely on 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 the uh, on the on the on the uh, end customers and and, and small uh, uh, small customers uh, answers to these different type of signals. But as soon as as you have like a, a sufficient number of customers that that react to these signals, you would see instantaneously a significant decrease of demand, and that's because of the thermal sensitivity of the of the French electricity demand. So I think if not only RT, but the different uh, uh, um, uh, stakeholders uh, in responsibility manage to effectively get uh, a, a social acceptance that effectively that's the responsibility of everyone to 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 reduce uh, the consumption or to mitigate um, any possible increase of demand because of a specific like cold spell or any other events. 
that should be that should be available and and that would have a, a definite impact on the on the peak demand and and the then the hourly demand uh, across winter let's fingers crossed that um we don't have a cold winter because we maybe are due one. Let's let fingers crossed that we it keeps mild and that there is enough capacity available and that demand can be cut where necessary. But gentlemen, we're running out of time, unfortunately. So I'd like to thank you, Emmerich, Eve, and Chris, very much for being part of the Montel Weekly Podcast this week. Thanks a lot. Thank you for the invitation. So, listeners, you can now follow the podcast on our own Twitter account, aptly named the Montel Weekly Podcast. Please direct message any suggestions, questions, or you know, let us know if you if you think you have a good idea for a guest on the show. You can also send us an email to podcast at montelnews.com. Lastly, remember to keep up to date with all that's happening in energy markets on Montel News. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you and goodbye.